Matthew Kelly was speaking to a priest who had come from China and was ordained a priest in China. And he decided to go back as an undercover priest in China. And while he was there, and while he was sleeping one night, he heard people running around the building. And confused, he, he got up and he talked to his hosts. And his host said, we are going to the wall. And he's like, the wall? What wall? And so he followed these, this crowd of people who were leaving in the middle of the night. And they walked for miles into the forest. And other people started joining them until they had about 100 people in the middle of the night. And eventually they got to this clearing in the forest. And there was this wall. And everybody knelt. And this one man got up, went towards the wall, and he took a brick out of the wall. And everybody saw that there was a small monstrance with the Eucharist in it. And so they all prayed there and worshipped for an hour. And eventually they returned to their home. And this man told them that he was a priest. And the people said, Father, we have not had Mass for the last ten years. And so the priest eventually on another night went back to that same place with all those people in the middle of the night. And he said Mass and he replaced the host and he said that was the highlight of his priesthood. You know, when I think of that story, I think of how those people longed for the Eucharist. They saw the value of the Eucharist, that they would gather once or twice a week in the middle of the night, risking their lives just to worship our Lord. And so the value of the Eucharist is found and it flows from value for the priesthood. You know, Mother Teresa said, without priests, we have no Jesus. Without priests, we cannot receive Holy Communion. And you're probably wondering, well, Father, that's easy for you to say because you're a priest. <laughs> you're putting yourself up there, right? But truly, as you will hear, that the priesthood is a gift, something that even I am not worthy to receive. And it's kind of no wonder when we think of our culture that with the decline in the belief in the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist, we also have a decline in priestly vocations. You know, they did a Pew Forum study, and I mentioned this a few months ago, that they polled Catholics who went to Mass once a week, and they found that 63% of them believed that Jesus was truly present in the Eucharist, which is okay, but a cent that's a central teaching of our church, but only 60% of Catholics believe it. But if you ask all self-professed Catholics, 69% of them don't believe that Jesus is truly present in the Eucharist. They actually just think it's a symbol. And so as a result of that, I think, I believe there's a connection that there's a, because of that, there's a decline in vocations to the priesthood. Because we don't see the value in the Eucharist. So why do we need priests? And so I talked to Father Anthony, who's the chancellor at our diocese. And he says that uh, in five years, 14 priests can retire. And in 15 years, 
over the half of the Calgary Diocese can retire. About 60 to 70 priests can retire. Now, to give you some perspective, in the next five years, we'd be great if we could get four ordinations, you know, if they all make it through. That's not what we have in the lineup now. Right? But 14 priests are going to retire, so we're going to be 10 short. And in 15 years, we'll be lucky if we have 15 priests. And so today on Good Shepherd Sunday, we really want to encourage you to foster more vocations to the priesthood, particularly to the priesthood, and also to the religious life. And so one of the ways that we can foster a greater love for the vocations is to foster a greater love for the Eucharist. And the second thing that we can do is we can encourage people by through our prayers that they may listen to the calling of the Good Shepherd. You see, today is Good Shepherd Sunday, and so we pray for future shepherds. And we know that the Good Shepherd calls other shepherds. You know, out of all the seven schools that we have in the Okotoks area in our, in our parish boundaries, can you imagine that God is not calling a single one of them? No, of course not. God calls, but we do not listen. You know, in the gospel, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know mine, and mine know me. And so there's, he's using kind of the shepherding analogy and the sheep analogy to help us understand how he calls us as well. You know, if any of you have livestock, you know that there's an interesting phenomenon. If you go on YouTube and you kind of Google this video, it says, um, shepherd calls his sheep. What happens is there's three people trying to call these sheep. And then the first two people are not the shepherd. And the third person is the shepherd. So the first person tries to call the sheep. And then she's like, Apparently that's how you call a sheep. <laughs> but, so she tries and fails, obviously. And the second person tries like, and then he fails, and then the shepherd comes, and he's going, and then the sheep look up, they pause from their eating, and then they start coming, and they start coming in droves, you know, like dozens of sheep coming to the shepherd, and the people in the video are just cheering, like, wow. And it's a sign for us, and that's what Jesus is trying to recall for us, is that he's the good shepherd, and we know what his voice sounds like. But the unfortunate thing is that we don't listen. We're like the goats who are stubborn, and we ignore his calling. And really, that's my story as a priest, as a seminarian. And so I just want to share with you briefly my story, just so you know, you know every story is different as a pre for every priest. But just so you know, generally, the struggles that different people will go through and how seminarians need your prayers. You know, as a kid, I wasn't a bad kid, but I wasn't a great kid either in some ways. You know, people think that when priests are coming out of the womb, you know, they're born as saints. And I'm coming out and I'm blessing people already from the womb. And I'm reciting scripture. The Lord is my shepherd, you know, even as a baby. But the, the truth is, I came out kicking and screaming like all of you. And really, that was a theme in my life. You know, when, when I was probably three years old, my parents banned me from watching Power Rangers because I got too violent. In fact, I actually got into a gang fight in grade six 
One of my friends got beat up, and we're like, let's go get the guy. And so we all gathered all our friends. And then, you know, back in the day, we didn't have social media. So we don't know how the other kids knew, but we all gathered in the dry pond. So we were on one side, and they were on the other side. And we were ready to duke it out. So then we sent one of our friends in, and he was fighting, and they sent the other guy in, and they were fighting. But uh, luckily, the one guy came in, and he broke up the fight. And then actually, because we were talking so much about this, we actually got suspended from school and all those different things. So not a bad kid, but not a great kid either. But even in junior high, in grade seven, I already knew that God was beginning to call me. You know, I filled out one of those surveys, which asked you, you know, what do you like to do? What are your interests? What do you don't like to do? And it calculates all of it. And then the two options that I got were social worker, and priest. And when I heard that, I was like, heck no. Because <laughs> I really, I loved my video games, so I didn't want to do any of those things. And so I ignored that, that call in a way. But then God, the good shepherd, was still calling me, but in, in a different way. You know, as a junior high kid, I had everything that I wanted. I had sports, I had a lot of friends, I had video games, everything you would really want as a junior high kid. But even then, I wanted something more. And so God began to call me through this longing that I had, which I didn't know what it was. So in grade 10, I left everything. I went to this boarding school at this monastery. And I was really attracted to it. One, because of the sports. We had, you could play basketball all the time. There, they had, We had our own personal gym. We could just play in all the time. And then I was also attracted to the profundity of this place. You know, this place was, uh, you know, I remember the priest talking about the movie The Matrix. And I thought it was a cool action movie. But then he started talking about the philosophical themes. Like, whoa, I never thought about it in that way. There's something deep about this place. I didn't go to be a priest at all. And eventually, as I was there, about six months later, in January, during my high school retreat, grade 10, it's like God kind of hit me with bricks, you know, with just a bunch of grace. I had this what you call a spiritual experience, where the easiest way to explain it was I met God for the first time, and I knew his love for me. And it's like my selfishness was like a thorn around my heart. And it was like the love of God was like a fire consuming all of it. And it's like I could breathe for the first time. And then the first words that I said was, I want to be a priest. And I I think back to it, I was shocked I'd even said that because I'd rejected it for so long. So then after high school, I decided to sign up for the Calgary Diocese to be a seminarian. And you apply, and then you're, you know, you're studying for the priesthood officially. And before you join, they make you do all these psychological, like tons, like hours of psychological testing. You know, one of the questions I remember vividly is that they asked you, do you like the feeling of mud? between your toes. And I was like, oh, that's a really weird, you know what? Yeah, I do. I put yes. So I put yes, and they still accepted me. <laughs> and so uh, you, they got, sent me to study philosophy in London, Ontario. Then I went to Edmonton for one year to study theology. But at that point, after four years, I wasn't sure. I felt like I was hitting this glass ceiling. And I wasn't sure that God was calling me to the priesthood. So... I actually left the seminary, and it felt like breaking up with a girlfriend for like, you know, I've been like in a relationship for, for seven years, I felt like, 
need to relearn how to live. And so it was a difficult time. And I literally waited two years to see if God was calling me back. And when he didn't, I was like, well, I'm going to move on with my life. So I started doing construction. I did finishing with my uncle, installing baseboards and doors. And that was fun at first, but then I was like, mm, you know, I don't think this is for me. And then my uncle offered me my own truck and more money. And I was like, no, I can't do that. So then I went to go work in the bank and I started as a teller. And then I went, became a financial sales representative. And then I, you know, then I was the guy in the vault. I was the one counting all the money and had the code. So they trusted me. But even after two years of that, I was like, you know, that's, this is not for me. And then my manager offered me a manager position. I was like, no, I don't want that. So then I decided to go become a teacher. And the same pattern happened. You know, I, I thought it was great. And then after a while, I was like, I don't know if this is for me. So the good shepherd was calling me through my desires. And then one day, I could feel him calling me in a more concrete way. I was walking away from university and I was walking towards my car, which, which is on the right. And I could feel my feet moving towards the left, towards St. Luke's, because there was a God Squad conference there. And I was like, this is weird. Why are my feet moving this way? I should probably go. <laughs> so I went there. And as I was there, you know, Doug Barry, he was a man in army pants. He was talking about what it means to be a Catholic man. And then, boom, you know, God hit me again with like that spiritual experience, like a bag of bricks. And I could see myself like I was sitting in a boat, and it was rocking. And there was that night, there was waves, it was raining. And then I could see someone walking on the water out of the darkness towards me. And of course, it was Jesus. And then he looked at me, and then he put out his hand like this. And I knew exactly what he was saying. He said, Troy, I want you to be a priest. And it's going to feel like walking on water. But if you keep your eyes on me, you know, everything's going to be okay. So then after that experience, you know, I was like crying. I was like, what the heck was going on? I didn't know what to do. And I ignored that too. But eventually, that was the turning point that moved me to becoming a priest. And now I've been a priest for two years. And, you know, I love it. I can't imagine not being anything else. You know, I can't believe that I've been running away from the thing that I wanted the most. And a lot of us, we do that. We run away from what God is calling us because we're not sure if we can trust Him. And so that's why we need your prayers as priests, as seminarians, because the journey is not easy. There's a battle for our hearts because to have a priest is to save thousands of souls. But to not have a priest is to have that lacking. And so we need your prayers and your support. And I invite you to consider how you can support future seminarians, future vocations, so that they may hear the calling of the Good Shepherd. And so that in order to have, in, in having Good Shepherds, we can have the greatest gift that each and every one of us can have every week, every day. And that's Jesus, truly present in the Eucharist.